Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. So good to be at the upper room. My, my first time here. I kind of like this place. Man, that worship. Anybody else blessed by worship? I, I thought I was going to have my own Enoch experience. Steve came to Tip City. And was no more. <laughs> Boom, gone. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron and Nicole and team. And man, that Nicole, she's a fiery one. <laughs> wow. When she she was up there and it, it was good, and then she started talking about walls. Anybody else, I mean, in that, that moment, wow, the walls I put up between me and others and God, and man, I got the revelation, God's going to kick those things down. That just made me so happy, because I thought I was supposed to kick them down. <laughs> you know, the gospel's good news. It's good news. In... Romans 10, it talks about how beautiful are the feet of those who, who preach good, who, good tidings, of, no, glad tidings of good things. And we just say thank you, Lord. We say thank you for uh, Romans 2, 4, where it says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. I mean, it's God's, God's plan A is for us to um, have, to experience his goodness, and that causes us to repent. Got to have more of that. I mean, he can use pain. How many know he can use pain? That's not his plan A. Plan A. The same way we got into the kingdom is the same way we advance in the kingdom. We hear good news and believe it. That's the same way we advance. We don't advance by working harder. We advance by hearing good news. That's why I came here. I heard good news today. Man, and I, I, I... it says in Hebrews 4.2, it's talking about the people in the Old Testament. The gospel was preached to them, but it did not profit them because what they heard was not mixed with faith. It, they didn't mix what they heard with faith, so it was no profit. And, and, and I see God just literally causing you to mix your faith with what you hear. It's the mixing of faith with what we hear that causes not only uh, initial eternal life, but causes advancement. Galatians 3, Paul says this to Galatians. He kind of, he says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Having begun in the spirit, are you going to be now made perfect in the flesh? He said, This one thing I want to know from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law? Somebody say, Boo. Or did you receive it by the hearing of faith? Someone say, yay. Yay. 
Then he says, he who supplies, verse 5, he who supplies miracles, he who gives you the supply of the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Boo. Boo. Or by the hearing of faith? Yay. And, and, and I, I see something here that the Lord is activating the hearing of faith. And, and, and that's why it, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. I've got to hear something higher than what I'm experiencing. I've got to attach my faith to something higher. Because I'm only, uh, if I'm only attaching my faith to what I'm experiencing, I'm stuck in my experience. And this is a house that has um, a revelation on the hearing of faith. And, and, and even, you never know when you're going to hear something. I had, a, I had a dog years ago. His name was Snoopy. He was a yellow lab. Some people called him fat. We called him big boned. <laughs> I'm exaggerating here. He slept 22 hours a day in our house. But we, his leash was on the laundry room shelf. If we moved anything else on the laundry room shelf and if his leash moved a millimeter, that was good news to Snoopy. I don't care if Snoopy was sleeping, was snoring and twitching. When that leash moved, it was like he was shot out of a cannon. He ran into our laundry room, often with leaping. And who said white dogs can't jump? Often with leaping. And he, he pulled future walks into his present experience. <laughs> because he heard something. And, and uh, you know, just uh, Hebrews 5, it talks about a people who become dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. Yeah, well, I've heard that before. Yes, amen. The, you know, how many of you know there's, there's such a thing as sermon-proof Christians? Sermon proof. Yep, I checked my name off. I'm in church. I'm here. Other people aren't here, but I'm here. <laughs> Their theme song is I Shall Not Be Moved. <laughs> I'll tell you this, yeah. I want to be the exact opposite of dull of hearing. I'm going to hear something today. This, 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 you, you, you can hear, you're going to hear something. I already heard something that changed my life today. I put my faith in it. God, he's going he's to tear down those walls. Woo! I heard it. I believe it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in my life because I heard something. And, and, and you're going to hear more this morning. Yeah. Mark 4.24, it says, take heed what you hear. Because with the measure you hear, be measured back to you. That's why I, I, I am very careful what I hear. I, I, I don't want to be ignorant about what's going on in the news, but I, I don't feed on the news. If I hear that, then I'm going to start believing things that are true that aren't true. I, mean, I, can't, I, can't, I can't listen to that all the time. 
I've got, I've got to hear something that's going to cause me to, to believe God and his promises and believe I, I can make a difference. Luke 8, 18 says, it changes. It says, it doesn't say take heed what you hear. It says take heed how you hear. How you hear. By the way, I released the Snoopy anointing over you. The Snoopy anointing. Always got one ear tuned. The leash might move today. This, uh, the least, there, there's a jangle in the spirit. It might, this meeting, this meeting, you might hear it. You might hear it this meeting. That's why I want to live in wonder. This is a house of wonder. I know there's time I get dull of hearing. I'll just, uh, you know, someone shares a testimony. Yeah, there's a head reattached by prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Oh. So I love the culture. I'm on staff at Bethel Church Reading. When we hear testimonies, we get excited. People cheer. We, we actually have trained ourselves to, 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 yay, someone's headache got healed. Yes, God did it. Because it's training ourselves to have incredible hearing. And I, I'm hearing this. The Lord is releasing over you incredible hearing. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's happening to you. I like this place. You know, I was thinking about, I travel about half the year. I've become a spiritual wine connoisseur. Come into a place, mmm, unique vintage here. And mmm, mmm. Ooh, it's pretty powerful here, too. We've got like a pulpit up here to lean on. Powerful. This place is powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's, whew. My. I heard this as just, you know, because it says taste and see that the Lord is good. I love the taste, the goodness in different places. You know what I'm tasting here? I'm tasting, uh, uh, I'm tasting presence, power. Uh, transformation, inspiration. I'm tasting, this is a, a, a hero launching pad. Uh, I'm tasting, this is a place of restoration. Uh, this is a place of, I'm tasting creative solutions. This is a place of creative solutions. That's what I'm tasting here. I taste that, you know. Uh, uh, by the way, whatever you honor, you give, receive the gift of that. You know, it, it says receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, and you receive a prophet's reward. And when you actually begin to honor what's in people, in ministries, or in cities, and you identify what's there, you receive the reward of that into your life. That's what I love. I, I'm not just going to speak. I'm going to get a reward. My God, I, I want to add, I, I want to get your victory in my life. Because then I get to share it around the world. I'm getting fired up. By the way, I also heard the word unicorn. <laughs> That's kind of a weird word. But uh, this is just a random word. Someone here who really likes unicorns, I see the Lord giving you grace to memorize Psalm 23. And as you memorize Psalm 23, something's going to happen to you. 
that's very powerful. You're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna get something deep in your spirit that's, that's going to be transformational. I'm on staff at Bethel Church, Redding, California. I, I, do, um, I work in a department called Global Legacy of, at Bethel. I've been there since 2008, where Global Legacy is a part where leaders, especially church leaders, who say we want what's at Bethel in our culture, we want that, they can, they can access through Global Legacy, teaching the School of Supernatural Ministry there in church leadership. And Wendy and I, we have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministry, my wife, Wendy, and she's ministering in Texas this weekend, and, but I've got the, the better assignment. <laughs> yeah, man, man. By the way, go Buckeyes. Mm. <laughs> mm. Said last night, you just, you just learn these secret methods to increase favor. <laughs> I know what not to say here. Don't say go blue. <laughs> yeah. Duh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have our own ministry, Igniting Hope Ministries, and we have a mandate to ignite hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. Once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope's an unstoppable force. If something's going to change, somebody's somebody's getting hope. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality there is. I believe our hope level determines our influence level. He was the most hope, is the most influence. God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. By the way, there's people in this room, you're, you're, you're getting delivered from pessimism. This is a pessimism deliverance meeting. <laughs> Woo-hoo! God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. Can you imagine David going after Goliath today? Hey, David, we're looking on our phones here. Uh, before you go after Goliath, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. Shouldn't get your hopes up so much. They're saying you should just go back to the fields with the sheep and settle for life as it is. Because what the experts are saying, you're actually going to get killed. Yep, let's laugh at that. (laughs) Hey, Ezekiel, uh, before you prophesy to those dry bones... We want to let you know what the experts are saying. (laughs) The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are. (laughs) Or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They're suggesting you study their dryness a little more. (laughs) So you can be more realistic. Because they're saying that when you prophesy to those bones, nothing's going to happen. They're going to stay the same. Let's just laugh at that, too. Ha <laughs> ha. Wow. Really, the question is ever how dry the bones are. The question is whether someone's renewed their mind enough to believe the bones can live. 
going to share a message today called uh, The Supernatural Power of Encouragement. And when I minister, I like to have people do two things. I like to have people say things and laugh at things. They're both strategies for the renewing of the mind. Romans 12, 2 says, um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, we're all renewing our mind with something right now, whether lies or truth. We renew our mind with, by what we agree with. We can renew our mind with as simple as, I agree, I'll agree that I, that I, I don't remember names very well. So I'll actually renew my mind that I don't remember names well. Because current mind renewal creates future experience. Current beliefs create, so uh, if, I, if I agree with that, then I'll, it'll transform my future into having difficulty remembering names. And then I'll call it a personality or something. Let's laugh at that, too. Ha ha. Or if I renew my mind with truth that I radically influence nations, uh, I'll transform my future to radically influence nations. It'll work for everybody. It, it's, it's just, that's just the way that thing works. And I love two things because... To renew your mind, one is, is, I like declarations. I've got a book out there called Declarations, Unlocking Your Future, 30 Biblical Reasons Why We Make Declarations. And um, You can't change your life without changing how you talk. And, and, and the hearing of faith, I, I'm not, I'm not when, you, when you go into declarations, I'm not waiting, oh, I, I hope someone in the meeting says the right thing, even though I do hope that, because this is a charged atmosphere. Uh, I, I'm not going to wait for someone to talk to me. I'm, I'm going to tell me. It says in Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I'm strong. I'm going to tell me. Steve, you're strong. I'm a strong person. Having a weak experience. But I'm strong. Because we can't consistently do what we don't believe we are. So I, I'm going to tell me who I am. So I, the Bible says... Life is in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. So I want you to say this. Say, um, I will never be the same again after this meeting. And that's a key. To renew your mind, we have to hear something. Faith comes by hearing. Now, the other thing I like to do is I like to have people laugh at things. Now, how many know God invented laughter, and he, he does not regret it? <laughs> and Psalm 2 4 says, He who sits in the heavens laughs. What's he laughing at? Some say he's laughing at us. <laughs> Maybe true, but it's not the context. What he's laughing at, he's laughing at what his enemies are saying and planning. Someone says, Heavenly Father, here's the latest thing the devil's planning. And he just goes, Ha ha! Woohoo! <laughs> As I said, as God laughs at heaven. I mean, that, that'll tweak some God concepts. We pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we don't think that, that includes more joy and laughter. Someone just say, boo, that, that thought. So I got a thought. One of the ways, the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities or belief systems in the minds of Christians. So I, one way to start dismantling bad beliefs is by laughing at them. And so I, I've got a book out there called Let's Just Laugh at That. I've got a book, Let's Just Laugh at That for Kids. uses the power of laughter to dismantle lies that we're believing. 
Because lies sound really real in the darkness of our thinking, but they're laughable when you bring them out to the light of language and words. So I'm going to do an experiment. We're going to laugh at a few lies. Can you guys just warm up your laughers? Ha <laughs> <laughs> I want you to warm them up because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anybody to laugh suddenly and pull a laugh muscle. So I'm going to give you some of the devil's all-time favorite lies. And after I, I share each one, just I'd like you to laugh. I'd like you to do an experiment and laugh and, and just, just kind of let go of any, any uh, attachment you have to that. You guys ready? All right, here we go. And I want you to just laugh just a little louder than you were planning. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's just laugh at this, this the, one of the devil's favorite lies that he loves to share with you and I. You are a failure. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> How about this one? God will not provide for your needs in the future. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one. Because <laughs> his ability to provide for your needs is dependent on how the economy is doing. ha. <laughs> <laughs> or it's dependent on how you are doing. <laughs> That's a deeper lie. <laughs> Goes after deeper belief systems on that one. <laughs> how about this one? Here's a lie I camped in for about a decade. There's something uniquely wrong with you. <laughs> Oh, but that feels so true. Feels so true. Huh. Oh, slap at this lie. If something feels really true, then it means it's automatically true. Ha ha. Ha ha, something's happening. Strongholds are coming down. Woo! How about this lie? You should not trust the perspective of any Christian who laughs a lot. Because <laughs> obviously they're not getting it. And then one of the devil's all-time favorite lies... Laughter in the church is from the devil. I'm concerned about this section right here. <laughs> Anybody else concerned? Yeah, this section here. Don't know what's happening there. That's concerned. There's some Christians my mom warned me about in this section. <laughs> I, I, can, I can see them over. Can you guys see them? Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Laughter is kind of like the, it says in Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart is good like medicine. Yeah. Laughter is God's way of helping us remain healthy emotionally and physically. Right. We don't laugh all the time. We weep with those who weep. We hurt. I pastored for 17 years, and I understand that. But wow, isn't it good to laugh? Yeah. It's so, so good. And I, I hear in this region there's going to be a laughter uh, outbreak in this region, a, a whole, a, just a laughter outbreak. It's going to sweep this region. So, all right, let me just uh, get into the message here. Um, the, the <laughs> I want to talk about the power of supernatural encouragement. It's a fascinating verse in um, Isaiah 35. Says in verse, uh, says in verse four, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Why don't you just uh, tell yourself? You say yourself by your name. I'm gonna say, Steve, be strong, do not fear. Just tell yourself. And, and it says, um, uh, behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, He will come and save you. And then there's a connecting verse in verse 5. It says, then. Say the word then. So it means something is going to happen because somebody said words of encouragement. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing and waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Wow. Basically, what it's saying, you know, we all say, how do we see more miracles? Isn't that a great question? By the way, slap at this lie. Miracles are easy uh, in Africa, but difficult in Tip City. Ha <laughs> 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 Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> how? How do we see an increase? Here's one key. I'm always looking for keys in the Bible. And, and this is the key. The encouragement, those who commit themselves to be encouragers are key to releasing supernatural. Eyes opening, ears open. The people never spoke before. Speak. And, and, and it's a miracle. And I... I've been working on my bio the last few years. You know, people say, hey, you know, just uh, we want a bio, you're speaking. And I've actually changed it in the last few years. And the first thing I say in my bio is Steve Backlund is an encourager, a hope igniter, a joy catalyst, a leader developer. But encouragers, number one. I'd rather be known as, a, as an encourager than an intergalactic apostle. Ha <laughs> ha. I would. I'd rather have encouraged her on my tombstone, the intergalactic apostle. <laughs> and you go into Hebrews 10, and I want to share just three levels of encouragement today. Encouraging yourself, encouraging others, and increasing encouragement and moving into the prophetic ministry. Three levels. Hebrews 10 talks about 
these levels. Uh, verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, how many of you know that's a lot of hope talk? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Don't let go of talking hope and do it without wavering. doesn't say thought. It says confession. Talk hope. Now, I believe this, that any conclusion, and I taught on this last night, any belief or conclusion in our life that doesn't have hope attached to it is under the influence of a lie. Believing truth always leads to hope. Our, our hope level is the indicator of whether we, we're believing lies or truth. Got a lot of hope, believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, believing a lot of lies. And, and there's no condemnation if we're believing lies. But if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. I used to think the devil was my problem. I used to think people were my problem. I used to think my past was my problem. I used to think God was my problem. No, what's my, the, only, the only thing that can stop me is what, 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 what I believe. So that's, the only, that's, the only, that, 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 that's it. And so when we don't trust any belief that doesn't have hope attached to it, that, that means, okay, when we start going after the lies that are creating our lack of hope, that's when we're actually entering into true, powerful, spiritual, transformative warfare. So I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. The reason we can talk about, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Say, he who promised is faithful. That's the reason I can talk hope. It's not I'm just not pumping up, just trying to not think negative, but I'm actually believing he's faithful. He's faithful. And, and this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope, really talks about encouraging ourselves. Though, and and that is a, that's a key for us to move. The person I need to prophesy to the most is me. The person I need to preach good news to the most is me. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I find it at times hard to encourage me because I know me really well. <laughs> I hang out with me a lot. And there's some things about me I wish were different. Let's laugh at that. Ha <laughs> ha. There's some choices I made, you know, I wish I had more hair. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. <laughs> and you have to encourage me. Sometimes I, I, I disappoint me a lot. I disappoint me. Did that again? That stupid thing? Accuser of the brethren comes in, says, you're a loser, a failure. You'll never make it. So let's laugh at that. Ha ha. David was in a situation in 1 Samuel 30. He and his men go out to battle, come back. Ziklag, the city they're in, is burned down. Their wives and children kidnapped. They're tired, and now they're disappointed, and David's men had the logical answer of what to do in that situation. Kill the pastor. They're going to stone David. They're picking up stone. I'm going to take this guy out. How many know that's not a good day for David? It says in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, he encouraged himself in the Lord. 
Yeah, and he, he didn't have any um, upper room worship music playing in his, you know, podcast ear. He, he, didn't, have a, uh, he didn't have anybody telling him you can do it. He was all by himself. Anybody ever been by yourself? And it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. I, I, you know what I think he did? I think something rose up and said, no! The prophecy that Samuel gave me that I'm going to be king hasn't happened yet. He got a word. He went to the promise of God, and, and he stirred it up. And you know what's interesting? It, once he encouraged himself, his men didn't want to kill him anymore. It's amazing when we learn to encourage ourselves, other people will see us differently. Sometimes we come to church and you know, say, wow, you know, boy, I hope the worship music's on and I hope the preacher has got a good message. I hope they do. I hope they're, you know, because I need someone to light my fire. <laughs> Come on, baby, light my fire. <laughs> fire! <laughs> I hope they got it. Yeah. You know what? God... I've had times in my life where I've, I've just, um, I've been all alone. I've felt discouraged. Nobody, I said, nobody's encouraging me. It doesn't seem like there's anything around me that's making And the Lord says, you're in a season of learning to encourage yourself. Because where you're going, if you can't light your own fire and you're always depending on other people's fire for you to stay on fire, that, that's not a good thing. Someone just say, Fire. And, and, and this, is, this is where, right, I'm in the room with great people this morning. I'm in the room with movers and shakers. I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the room with people, you, I believe this, you, your best days are ahead. You got something on your life. You carry fire. And, and the Lord's training us of how to start our own fire. And one of the reasons I make declarations is to start my own fire. When I wake up in the morning, I, I, don't, always, I don't always feel euphoric. Woohoo! Yes! Amen! The alarm just went off. I'm so excited. Yes! Most mornings, I travel so much, I don't even know where I'm waking up. Most mornings, I don't want, I don't want the alarm to go off. Ha-ha! <laughs> Most mornings I wake up, I don't feel good. <laughs> but you know, uh, what, what I love to do, I, I just love to say this. This is going to be a great day. Now, I don't feel it. I, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a great day, but I say it. Pretty much before every meeting I ever do, I say, this is going to be a great meeting. God's going to show up. You know why I say that? Because there's a part of me that doesn't want to believe it. And you start speaking. I mean, I've had coaches. I mean, you, sports teams. How I many? We could learn a lot about sports teams inspiring themselves. They don't say before the game. They don't get in the huddle and they don't say things like this. Well, we're probably going to lose today. <laughs> Let's just try not to lose too badly. <laughs> try not to get hurt out there. No. I had a, when we played football, I had a, for Tuna High School, 
where I was at, we had a, a losing culture. <laughs> and we got a new coach. His name was Ken Holslander. When I was a freshman in high school, we got a new coach. He brought a whole new culture in. He thought, you guys are winners. We thought, well, when, when he gets some more information about us, he won't think so highly. <laughs> but no, he, he was like a preacher. He'd start off in the locker room. Boys, we've prepared for this game. Yep, you know, here's, what, here's our plan. By the end, he was shouting. And, you know, I was there. I said, I said Coach, open that door. I got to hit somebody. <laughs> if you don't open that, I'm going to rip locker off wall if you don't let me out of here. I liked that, you know, and, and I said, you know, and, and the Lord says, Steve, you got to break the losing culture out of you. Great leaders break losing cultures out of people, out of cities, out of states. That's what we're doing. But we gotta, I got to start with me. I got some losing culture in me. Something that says, think I'm a loser. By the way, let's laugh at this. You're a loser. The second level is this. We, we not only encourage ourselves, we encourage others. It goes on in Hebrews 10, verse 24. It says, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. Look around and just look around at people and just go, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, hmm, just consider. Then it goes on in verse 25. It says, um, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but encouraging one another. All the more, say all the more. Encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So basically what it's saying, once we learn to encourage ourselves by uh, holding fast to the confession of hope in our life, talking hope, and learning how to do that. By the way, just celebrate progress, not perfection in that. We, then we move into encouraging others. And one of the reasons why we come together is to encourage people. It says, uh, don't forsake coming together, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. It says, consider one another. And so there's reasons why we come. We worship, we get equipped, we use our gifts, uh, we, we pool our resources to accomplish something more than we can do by ourselves. And one of the pieces of that is that we're actually called, one of the main reasons we come together is to encourage. I'm going to look around. Hmm, who can I encourage? I consider people. Wow. What, what's, what's the good qualities in people's lives? And, and that's a, I know from my own experience how, how important that is. I grew up, I didn't know the Lord. I met Jesus at age 19. And as I grew up, I could probably count on one hand how many people who spoke a significant, who considered me and spoke a significant word in my life and told me something that deeply encouraged me. My friends, they, they would tell me my, my physical defects. Remember, they used to call me whitey. I, um... I, I used to blush a lot in class, and when I blushed, they'd say, flame on, Backland. <laughs> Do something dumb, they'd point it out. 
And, but I didn't know who I was. I, had a, I was in a government class. In, I was 18 years old in, in high school. And by the way, our, our football team won the championship when we were, when we were seniors. Yeah, got to say that. Kind of important thing. He changed culture. We believed it. Um, I was in a government class, and Mrs. Riffenberg, my government teacher, considered me. She thought about me. And she came up, just a short conversation, and she said this. She said, Steve, I see you'd be good in politics and government. And I heard that, and I said, something happened in me. So, somebody sees something in me. Somebody sees God, there's something good in me. I might, have, I, might, I might be important. And because of that, the next year when I went to college, I majored in political science. All because of a short conversation from somebody who saw something good in me. Now, I used to not want to encourage people who had issues because I was afraid if I encouraged them, they would think they're okay. Someone say, boo. So I would, I would withhold encouragement to them as a punishment, hoping they'd get it. And then after they changed, then I'd encourage them. <laughs> now, most people's negative qualities is usually an immature aspect of a positive quality in their life. And just because you're an encouraging person doesn't mean people have equal access to you or equal... Uh, you know, uh, privilege underneath you, but 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 it, but it's a mindset. And we pastored in a gold mining community in Nevada. They moved hundreds of tons of dirt a day, but nobody talked about dirt. All they talked about was gold. People won't mind you moving their dirt as long as they know you're looking for gold. Our job in relationships is not to be dirt removers. You got some dirt here, it bugs me. Let me help you get rid of it. <laughs> our dirt, our dirt, our goal is, is, is to, to find the gold in people. There's a fascinating story in Luke 15, the prodigal son, and there's three main characters prodigal, the elder brother, and father. Now, here, here's my opinion of how we know we're moving from an elder brother mindset, which is a dirt-finding mindset, to a father mindset, which is a gold-finding mindset. Here's how I believe we're making that transition. The default of an elder brother is the first thing they see about a person or place is what's wrong with it. Yep, amen, I'm prophetic. I can see what's wrong with you. I'm discerning. Mm -hmm. I can see your sins. That's the default. The default of a father, and this is gender, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, it's, a, it's, a, it's an attitude. The default of a father attitude is the first thing they see is what's right with a person or place. We know we're moving into greater position of God using us. Because if we have an elder brother mindset, God's not going to, 
he, he, he's not going to be able to open the doors that we want to open because we're going to probably cause some damage in what we're concluding about people. So we, we know we're moving into, L, into a father mindset because our default is that we're first starting to see what's right. Wow, I'm considering them. I'm starting to, oh, I, I can see that. And that, and that is a foundation for, for in, encouragement, that, that we're actually thinking about that, and we're, we're developing that muscle. And I know when we've been hurt by people or, you know, we're a feeler, you know, we feel things, we go in and say, I feel it, I feel the oppression. It's so easy to, you know, create an identity out of that. It's so easy to focus on that. Uh, we don't ignore that, but, but, but we, we have to see beyond that. We have to see the destiny. We have to see the potential of places and focus on that. And I, the Lord told me, see, never go to a meeting without encouraging somebody. But it's a church meeting. There's no such thing as a strong, silent-type Christian. We're excited you showed up today, but showing up, God, God's got greater grace on us than just showing up. And when we actually, you, sometimes I say, well, Lord, I don't want to encourage people because I'm too discouraged myself. I, I, there's been many times I've been discouraged. He says, encourage somebody. Send somebody a text. I don't feel like it. Do it, Steve. And I found this out. Man, when you start encouraging others, something happens in you. You start taking your eyes off of yourself, and somebody needs more encouragement than you need. And we don't, we don't just encourage the down and outers. We encourage people actually doing things. Last point is this. It says, so we encourage ourselves. We commit to be an encourager. And then thirdly, we increase encouragement. It says, encourage one another. 1025 Hebrews, encourage one another and all the more, say all the more, all the more more as you see the day approaching. Now, I don't care what you believe the day is, it's approaching. Whatever your theology says, the day, I don't care, it's approaching. Whether it's rapture, end time revival, end time judgment, your death, it's approaching. <laughs> it's closer today than it was yesterday. And what the Bible says is to increase it. We're to go out in a blaze of encouragement. Our last days, God's plan for our last days is that we are, we are, we are encouraging more than we ever did in our lives. And, and you know, God hasn't called us as we get older to become cynical Wow, yeah, don't get your hopes up. I mean, sometimes, I mean, you know, uh, some, I think some believe they're supposed to get the Eeyore anointing. <laughs> Eeyore, ah, don't get your hopes up. It's only going to get worse. It's too late. It's too late. Let's laugh at that. Ha-ha. <laughs> it's too late. It's ridiculous. All the more, all the more in quantity and quality. 
quantity. Quantity, I'm just going to do it more. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm on assignment. That's what, that, everywhere I go, I encourage, I encourage this church, you got something. I've already told you, you got something. I see it. Sometimes we're the last to know. Sometimes I'm the last to know. I got, somebody said, wow, someone encouraged me. I do. I'm so focused on my faults, I couldn't even see that. So focused on trying to fix me, my weaknesses, I can't even see my strengths. Turn to your neighbor and say, that might be a good word for you. <laughs> I, I, I increase in quantity and quality, and I don't, I don't have time to go into this today, but quality encouragement is prophetic ministry. So it's called prophetic, New, New Testament prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Follow after love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. The one gift that says to go after the most is prophecy. New Testament prophecy is different than Old Testament prophecy. Old Testament prophecy, you give a bad word, you're, you're killed. Someone say, boo. <laughs> New, New Testament prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14.3, is encouraging, comforting, and edifying. It's different. It, the office of a prophet may correct and rebuke, but the simple gift of prophecy that we all function in, to function in, is encouraging. And God says, go after that the most. And that really tells me this, that gift, and I train my team on that, we go after prophecy. We, we, we talk about it, how to prophesy. The, 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 the greatest prophetic words have clear identity statements in them. They, they, they press into biblical promises for them, and then they, they, they tell them what they're going to do. When Gideon, uh, when the angel told Gideon, he says, you are a mighty warrior. He started with identity, because we can't do what we don't think we are. He told him who he was first. Then he said, what you're going to do, you're going to save a nation. You're going to save a nation. And when we start entering into prophecy, we become the angel in people's lives, and we start speaking to Gideons. We start telling them, this is who you really are. And Gideons get unlocked all around us. And nations get saved. It's a catalytic thing. Isaiah says, hey, say to those who are fearful hearted. Gideon was fearful hearted. You read the story in Judges 6. Fear was on him. The angel told him, be strong. You got what it takes. You can do this. And that's my prophetic word for you guys today. Is you have a nation delivering anointing on your life. You've got what it takes. The losing culture, God's getting it out of you. And he's putting something on you to get losing cultures out of other people. It's called prophecy. Your general encouragement. You know, as people say, hey, how can I prophesy? I tell them this, become the most encouraging person you know, and then ask Holy Spirit to take over your encouragement. No such thing as being in my opinion, being prophetic and being a non-encouraging person. If you're not encouraging, if you're not an encourager and you try to be prophetic, there, there's something in your prophecy that's not going to be, it's going to have a little taint on it. You add, you add that encouragement and you make that a foundation to your prophecy, your prophetic words are going to have life on them in an incredible way. 
Now, before uh, I pray the, pray the prayer of faith over you today, I'm going to ask Ann Sutton to come on up. Uh, that's, yeah, just uh, say, say hello, Ann Sutton. That's her first name, so yes. Wow. Yeah, isn't Power. Steve amazing? Yeah, so good. We just so love being in this house with you guys. It's just so awesome. And your love for each other and for family and for community and for pressing in the more of God is just so inspiring. We've been inspired and encouraged just being here. Yeah, so I just want to share a word today for um, your beautiful pastors, Aaron and Nicole. I was just praying and asking. you guys stand up. Yeah, yeah stand up. Yeah, I was just praying and asking the Lord um, what you guys needed to hear right now. Um, just very specifically what you needed to hear in this season, in this period of time. And I heard um, Psalms 37 over you. The faithful lovers of God will inherit the earth and enjoy every promise of God's care, dwelling in peace forever. God lovers make the best counselors. Their words possess wisdom and are right and trustworthy. The ways of God are in their hearts, and they won't swerve from the paths of steadfast righteousness. So I just want to declare that you're faithful lovers of God. And you're going to inherit all of his promises. And that your words are just full of wisdom. And your counsel is needed. And it's necessary. And it's what he's put on your life. The anointing that he's put on your life to just lead people well and to love them well. And we just love being here with you guys. And we've been so blessed. So we just bless you with that. Yeah. Yeah. And this lady, you're right here. You're um, looking at me with the glasses on. You had like the remote. Yes, you. What uh-huh. row? Yes, she sees me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just hear that you're a Holy Spirit joy bomb. <laughs> and you just have this infectious laughter and infectious joy to give away to other people. And it's beautiful. Yeah. So share it. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Ann Sutton, she's a third-year student at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California. She is uh, from Alabama. A couple books I want to give away, Culture of Empowerment, uh, my strongest leadership book, How to Champion People. If you you like this message today and you're in church, business, home, you want to actually uh, influence somebody, this is going to take the message today and take it to a higher level. I mean, um, empowerment is not a management style, it's a lifestyle. And it starts with a way of thinking, with empowering beliefs and empowering language and empowering structures. And so, uh, sir, in the third row, uh, yep, just